0: You're listening to Inside Acting. To find out more and make a donation, visit our website at insideactingpodcast.com.
1: Welcome to episode 89 of Inside Acting. I'm AJ Meyer. And I'm Trevor Elga And on this podcast we interview writers, directors, financial gurus, managers, uh, agents, writers, directors. <laughs> I'm doing a little intro dance now. Uh, anybody involved in the entertainment industry, package it up to a podcast and bring it to an internet
0: near you. We're just two dudes sitting here on a couch in Culver City with the podcast. We're in the trenches of everybody else, so... If you hear something on this podcast that you're like, God, ah, that doesn't really jive with me, or you hear something and you're like, oh my God, that was the gospel truth, guys, like, or anything in between, we love to hear from our listeners and just have a dialogue on this on this show. So feel free to get in touch with us. Lots of different ways to do it, and you can just get started by hitting up our website, InsideActingPodcast.com. And on this episode,
1: we have part two of our two-part interview with uh, actress Jen Lilly. So please, oh please, stick around for that.
0: So hey dude, hey buddy, what's going on? Oh, you know, just living the dream. Living the dream. Shooting a film. Shooting a film with uh, Victor D'Onofrio. You're never gonna let <laughs> I'm me. Never do gonna let you live that down. Ah, uh, jerk
1: face. Jerk um, face. Okay. So so you know how they you know how they like uh, everybody makes jokes, but like, like oh that's how you know you made it. Like you know you see a little action figure of yourself of a, of a character that you played in a yeah. movie or something that's how you know you made it or you know <clears throat> you do an episode with like late night with craig kilborn that's how you know you made Uh uh-huh. <laughs> you know? uh-huh. i have a stand-in <laughs> on the film dude
0: this bump <laughs> boom
1: I, it was weird because you know i didn't know and i didn't expect it and then all of a sudden like they were like oh they're ready for you and i walked in and and there was like literally literally some A.J.
0: Doppelganger just standing there.
1: He's this tall I mean obviously they wanted somebody tall Uh, this tall you know dude standing there his name's Frank and um, he's wearing because there were so many people in this one scene he was literally wearing a piece of masking tape with like my character's name written on it (laughs) wow (laughs) and I was like I felt so bad I was like you're just like labeled me right now (laughs) and I walked in and I was like "Oh, oh wait what This I thought you're like ready to shoot this. You, when you said you were ready for me, like you were ready to like go. I didn't realize that because I was in another room. I didn't mm-hmm. realize that they had like set up the whole shot and did the lighting and everything, but that's what a stand in is for. Yeah. So I yeah. walked in and I was like, wait, Oh, what? I have a stand. Like I, in my head, all this stuff is going on. Like I have a stand in this is crazy. And then take it a step back before that. <clears throat> I walk into this, um, this scene. um, like like I've said before like i I only had one line in the film. I walk into the scene, and like the I think it was the s- assistant director, maybe the writer came up to me, and they're like, <clears throat> "Oh, hey, did you see your new lines? Yeah. plural
2: lines mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I was trying to play it cool, I was like, I was like, no what like what's up
0: like <laughs> Play cool, and play they, it like, pro.
1: They had this like piece of paper, like folded up, handwritten notes on it or handwritten lines on it. Like, oh, you're having the scene with like this receptionist at a hotel. I, I all of a sudden I had two hundred percent more lines than I had before.
0: Two hundred percent doubled. <laughs> yes, cool.
1: Yes, whenever when people say that two hundred percent,
0: I'm like i don't know the math messes me up you know what i mean because it's like when people are like uh, i don't know something about like multiplying by a percentage always goes like the opposite direction that i expect it to go that's just like to, that's just the way like, my brain works i feel but. like
1: timon right now lie down before you hurt yourself <laughs> yes it's
0: funny because it's true it's funny cause it's uh true. awesome dude
1: <clears throat> um yeah so then uh uh did that scene and you know, I got to play with guns one day, like yeah. the prop guy was like showing me how to um, guns
0: and swords, man. That's how, you know, that's another way you've know you've made it, you know, you know, you get tr- to have a sword or like a bow and arrow <gasps> or something badass uh, like bow bow that, arrow. not a spear. Cause we all know that spear holders are just like the kind of like right. the bottom of the ladder when it comes to productions. But if you have a sword, no, you know, uh, you
1: know how, here's a great way to test if there's money behind a film. <clears throat> They are shooting broken horses on film. Hmm. Like, big, giant canisters of, like, you know, come out, They attach it to the camera. That's old school, After every scene, it's, you know, uh, okay, check the gate. Like, it's, yeah. Wow. Like, yeah.
0: That's like an artistic choice at this point. Yeah. Well, well, it's definitely not a budgetary choice anymore. But
1: also, yeah, I was talking to a... No, it's definitely a budgetary choice. Well, in the opposite direction. In the though, opposite you know? direction, yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. Because shooting on film, or shooting on video, shooting digitally yeah. is so, obviously... So only an
0: artistic choice would motivate that. Right. Yeah. Um,
1: I was talking to a friend of mine who's a producer, and he said, um, if they're shooting on film, that probably means that the budget is in like the 3 to $5 million range, because... Which
0: is still tiny.
1: Very tiny, yes. Yeah. <clears throat> Considering... Yeah, but he said Tiny um, to extra small. <laughs> but he said Somewhere that um, film for a feature with all the shooting that you end up doing, he said it's probably about a quarter of a million dollars for just the film. Jeez, which tripped me out because I I didn't I how would I have ever you know known that unless I talked to a producer. So um, I thought that was really just for the stock. That's
0: amazing. yeah, that's, that's, just for the wow. film stock. Yeah, is it thirty five that they're <clears throat> on? I or? think so. Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
1: Some very cool experiences on. Oh, and uh, <clears throat> what was the other thing? The uh, makeup artist from Dexter did my makeup. Cheers. Score.
0: <laughs> Those hands have touched Michael C. Hall's face. <laughs> well, no, it wasn't just
1: that. It was I don't want to give too much away, but he did have to do some like some gory stuff. Okay. Um, <clears throat> for prosthe- you, prosthetics and blood and stuff yes. like that. Yeah, for me. So, but this one day when we were shooting some other stuff, he had to do some really intense things to my Mm -hmm. head and face awesome yeah like i said i don't want to get too much away but
0: we know we know what happens to your character
1: (laughs) right (laughs) but uh you know it was cool just to like have somebody who i'm like well you obviously have a lot of experience with killing people (laughs) fake, (laughs) fakely (laughs) so that was that was very cool well
0: uh, how many days are you shooting (gasps) on average each week two two days a week yeah, it's and you're getting uh, you're getting scale for every day that you're the that you're on set. No,
1: I'm at, they switched me to weekly.
0: That's right. You mentioned that in a previous episode. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. They switched me to weekly, which is cool because it means that overall I'll make more Sweet. money. Cool. But it's still not a lot. You know, it's like it we it's like we talked about, you know, several episodes ago about, you know, imagine you're an actor who does like 5 or 6 guest spots yeah. guest star roles in a year. That's like a teacher's salary.
0: Yeah. That's why you've got a the the thrival job, the support mm-hmm. job, the working for yourself thing. Like that's got to be. I'm starting to think that that's really got to be like half of your energy. It's just like setting up your life so that it can support what it, what could be ten, twenty, thirty, forty years. Yeah. Just kind of being a wor- being a working actor, yeah. but being a working actor. Yeah. <laughs> you
1: know. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you can't get a job in the industry either. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you think about you know Woody. <clears throat> being a PA for all those years and, and, and being on the production side of things. Like, you know, there's plenty of jobs Mm -hmm. where you could be on set or you could be in a casting director office or, you know, who knows what it is, but, you know, look at these PAs, like on this film set, I don't know how much they're making, but we're having a great time. Like I'm getting along with everybody and, you know, just being on set gives you a sense of like what it would take to be, you know, uh, a PA. Mm -hmm. Um, And you kind of watch them pay attention and you just get onset experience. And I feel like, you know, with a, a little bit of training, I might be able to step into any one of these roles. I mean, if there's a PA out there listening to this, they're probably like, you're full of shit. (laughs) The actors can't do my job.
0: You think you know, but you have no
1: idea. (gasps) In which case, uh, inside podcast at gmail.com or (laughs) 213-222-8677. Yeah. Uh,
0: very cool, man. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, So I'm just
1: having a blast is the moral of the story. Kick ass,
0: man. Yeah. How about you? I had, uh, two things. First off today, uh, I found out that the donor, my short film donor. Oh um, yes, that I, I, that I wrote. Really? Yeah, uh, that it, it screened in Philadelphia yeah. as we talked about a few episodes ago. That was this past weekend, and it won best director. Yeah, for Mark. So, Gant. Mr. Mark Gann, yes, episode congratulations, like, twenty nine thirty or something yes. like that. Won best director for a film that that I basically.
1: <laughs> wrote and produced and, wrote and somehow
0: convinced him to direct yeah. and he won best director for it so that that makes me feel super validated yes you know um i do want to give credit where credit is due though i i brought the script i sent to mark is vastly different than the one we have now or the one that we ended up shooting and much of that was due to his feedback and guidance and kind of coaching on it we we workshopped it alexis and i and, and mark workshopped it uh, a couple times and each time mark was like um, okay. This piece goes here. This goes here. I wonder if your character thinks this instead of that. Like he, he was really, he's good at that, man. He's good. Like there's a reason why everybody loves that guy and why he's <laughs> going places very quickly. And, uh, that's, that's one of them. Cause he just gets it. He just gets how it works. So, um, as much as I want to be like, that was my script. It was brilliant. I mean, yes, I, I wrote it, but with heavy input from Mark yeah so props to him man well deserved
1: reward regardless
0: <clears throat> yeah he he's yeah i, I was stoked to, to i'm just stoked to have another award on a. I mean that's four festivals and two rock solid awards best of fest at the indie mm-hmm. F- cinema series and now best director at the at the philly first club I, i'm stoked man <clears throat> all i wanted when i made it was one of those little feather insignias <laughs> that say like you know official selection yeah which just means it got in but now I've got two awards and four of those little things. I'm just I'm so I'm so happy, man. So now I feel like the universe is like, do another one. Yeah, of Keep course, going. of Don't course. Stop. You might be good at this.
1: You, know? <laughs> no. you can't rest on your laurels, whether it's good or bad.
0: Yeah, you that's know? true. You do that's a terrible
1: true. one, and it's like, oh, like, well, I got to do it. You know, yeah, yeah. It's like uh, who was it, Ryan? Um, what was his last name? Ryan Sage? yeah he talked about that remember? yeah, well, he was yeah like,
0: we weren't recording on that but i yeah. yeah i remember that after we stopped recording i was like so dude i want to talk to you about my film i don't know what to do and he's like make another one yep i was like well but i want to he's like no make another one don't get stuck in that trap that everybody gets stuck in of just like what i was doing basically which is i don't know what to do in my film <laughs> i literally sounded like your that impersonation
1: too. of yourself <laughs> is spot on spot on no i was gonna say hilarious but
0: yeah, <clears throat> um, so there was that, and I also had a, I had a, a meeting, a meeting for uh, that show, Nashville. Oh, cool! Which was cool, and this was another uh, uh, meeting of me, you know, singing and playing guitar in the in the meeting again. Nice, um, which is hard, uh, and um, I'm starting to realize that my materials are not um, accurate for me. Like the, the the roles that I'm getting called in for are no longer. They, they fit me in terms of, like, I'm a, you know, late 20s white male, but they don't fit me in terms of, like, more specificity within that kind of larger genre. You know what I mean? Your materials, meaning your, your headshot? My reel, president. my headshot. Um, <clears throat> I guess just that's it. But, yeah, those two yeah. things, like, I, I haven't... I'm noticing this. I'm starting to, like, see the results of, of what I'm generating with these materials, and it's not specific enough because I'm, I'm going in for roles that i'm just not right for like i went in for that role and yeah I, i'm the right demographic but the guys I was sitting in the audition room with i was like these are the types they're looking for and i just knew it i've seen the show you know i read the sides i read the character breakdown and mm-hmm. i was like i could do this if they wanted to kind of stretch in a certain direction but if they're looking for like that dude like bam this is the guy those dudes in the waiting room were the guy and i was like on the fringe of who that guy could be. I didn't let it affect my work. I went in and I just owned it. And I was like, this is, these are my ideas. This is what I'm bringing to the table. This is what you get with me. Um, right. But I could tell right off the bat, she was like, okay. Um, thank you. You know, hmm. so feedback, you know, feedback for me. Um, and that was a huge aha moment. Once yeah. I got that, cause I was like, this is like the fourth one that I've gone <laughs> in where I just wasn't quite the right guy so um yeah,
1: and then you start reverse engineering it and you're like oh yeah. that's what they're saying and
0: yeah and well, you know I, I could blame it on my agent i could blame it on myself like there's a million things I could blame it on but what i really think it comes down to is the materials is like my headshots and i probably get to meet with with my agent and just say like hey you know like i feel like i'm going in for these things that aren't quite right for me and i want to make sure that i'm i'm giving you the most accurate tools you have first of all i acknowledge you for going in and like owning who you are
1: so funny I was talking to one of the other stand-ins on the film and and she was she told this great story about how she went in for this audition and she's surrounded by all these super hot young women it's not her you know at all and it was a character who needed to talk her way out of a, a speeding ticket or something like that on some tv show and she was like, "This is not me." Like she, she's like, "I don't know what I'm gonna do." Like I, I got to do something to kind of stand out. And so she went in and basically did. Her, she she's um, she was born and raised in Brooklyn, but moved to Puerto Rico for a really long time. So she does a perfect Rosie Perez. Mm.
0: <laughs>
1: so she went in and just did like kind of like a Rosie Perez impersonation, talking her way out of this ticket, and she booked it. And it wasn't at all what they were looking for. But as my, ma- it reminded me of something my manager says a lot, which she says, you know, sometimes they don't know what they're looking for. Yeah, and yeah. you go in and you show them. Yeah, you know, this is what you're looking for. Yeah. So that was great that you went in and like showed them you know, who you are and what you would bring to the character and yeah. everything.
0: I recognize the trap and I was like, Oh, don't fall into like, the, I'm not the right guy. You know, do, the, do <laughs> yeah. the, I am the right guy. If you're looking for this. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But it's also good to acknowledge like the, um, the, what you're saying, it, it reminds me of like Mark Atterbury work, you know, like, uh, like getting your materials to sync up with your, your type, yeah. you know, yeah. who you're going to play. Make, wow. It's kind of baking my noodle a little bit because it makes me want to go and like look at my own material and like what it is that I'm Mm -hmm. putting out there.
0: Really? Like what is... It's tough to
1: have a a neutral eye too, like a a objective eye. It
0: is. It is. It's so tough. (laughs) There are some headshots where I'm like, boom, that's the shot. I look great there, you know? And I show it to like an agent or a manager and they're like, I hate that photo. (laughs) (laughs) They're like it looks nothing I've, like you dude i've had entire you know? i've had entire photo sh-
1: sessions where that happens yeah and i'm like i'm like there's like 60 pictures like i hate <laughs> yeah, them all
0: i know okay cool. none <laughs> of them are you and you're like Shit. that was an interesting 200 yeah. 300 400 dollars i just yeah and then i don't know if you've had the experience of like screw it like i'm going to put this photo up and i know it's great and they don't know what they're talking about and then you go like 3 months of like a dry spell and <laughs> you're just like okay maybe i don't know everything huh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, that's funny. oh, it's funny because it's true. Yeah, so um, lots of lessons there, man. You know, I think it's yeah. all about what is the experience that you are creating as an actor. Or I should say, what what is the experience that I am creating as an actor? That's something mm-hmm. that I get to pay attention to that, you know, now, now that you've mentioned it, you can get to pay attention to. And anybody listening, it's a good thing to think about, you know. Not only just, and, and not even in the industry. Not even like when I put out my materials. What is the experience I want to create for the for the person viewing them or receiving them or yeah. whatever, but also, I mean, in your life in your meetings in your relationships, <coughs> what is the experience that you want to create for the other person? That's, that's something that's been huge for me just over these past couple of weeks in, in MITT learning that concept of like, I am creating an experience for somebody. And if it doesn't go the way, if this interaction doesn't go the way I want it to go, I'm going to, I'm going to own that. Why did mm. I not create the right, the, the desired outcome? Hmm rather than blame it on somebody else, which just gets into the victim story and all that stuff. Coming from a
1: place of responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: so man, transfer that to your materials, your career. What is the experience I want to create for the producer, the casting director, the, the associate, like the, whatever. I don't know. I, I think that's pretty powerful in theory. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. I, I, I wonder, I totally agree with you. I'm wondering if it's possible to apply that to the actual craft or if that's dangerous. All of what, everything you just said makes perfect sense when you're applying, in my head anyway, when I'm applying it to the business side of things like your materials and your approach to meetings and so on and so forth. But then all of a sudden in my head, I had this moment of like trying to apply it to the actual, like the acting itself. And then you get into that conversation we've had before about like, am I trying to create an experience for the people who are sitting behind the camera or out in the audience and then you're not serving the story because yeah, you're too worried yeah. about like what the experience is that you're creating. So that's an interesting distinction. Um, I don't know. What do you think? You think it's no, I, possible.
0: That's a really good point. That's a really good point. When it comes to the actual work, I think that's stuff that we all as actors get to do as kind of the prep or the homework, but that you get that we get to let go of the moment, we are and just surrender to the moment that we're in you know yeah. um but but totally. i think it's good to have an idea of the experience we want to create just just the same way it's it's good to have an idea of what the arc of the scene is before you go into the scene know right. that we start here and we end here but how you how we get there is up to whatever happens whatever fireworks or chemistry there is or things happen in the scene and it may not look logical right you know
1: right yeah i'm i'm sorry i'm being so quiet right now but my noodle is kind of (laughs) can we pause for a second so i can go look at my reel and (laughs) look at my headshot (laughs) yeah right but um yeah i'll do it i'll do it tonight that's that's good stuff
0: Voicemail that yes. we want to squeeze in here before we jump into Jen's interview. So, this comes to us from Sarah.
2: Hey, this is Sarah Beth Goer, and I'm calling to ask AJ questions about actors' equity. Basically, um, I'm going to be eligible in February through my membership with Stagafka. And it's a big goal of mine to work in professional regional theater, so I was thinking of joining Actors' equity as soon as I'm eligible. And then um, both targeting some of the theaters in my hometown that will see out-of-town actors on an appointment basis, um, and also going to equity open calls that are happening in Los Angeles. So my questions, AJ, are, number one, do you have any experience with open calls, or what has your experience been with them? Have they ever moved your career forward in any way? What's your opinion? And number two, Wondering what you think of my idea to target some major theaters and theater casting directors because in my head it's going to help that I'm an AEA because I'm targeting theaters that cast mostly AEA actors. Um, why? And I have a lot of um, lead role theater credits on my resume, but I do not have professional theater on my resume. And so, um, curious, kind of what you think, um, suggestions, feedback. Thanks so much, guys.
0: That's all you, man. <laughs> she didn't even mention my name, <laughs> which is rightly so. I'm not an equity actor. Um, I love I, the look on your face, though. You're just like, no idea. Yeah. <laughs> Go. You know what I love, though, about that is the specificity. She knows exactly what she's going for. Mm-hmm. Like what She she knows what she wants. She's kind of figuring out how to get there. And she's got a very specific goal and aim and a very specific question. So,
1: And not only does that help us a- answer geez. the question, it's also going to support support you sarah like humongously just knowing exactly we've talked about it so many times on the podcast like get specific get specific about yeah, yeah. you know wow it's been a long time since we said sniper rifle versus shotgun on it has the podcast been. but you know we <laughs> said a it dozen episodes all the all the time yeah um okay so it is usually not as supportive for women to join up to, to 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 get into equity as soon as possible and the reason why is because the field is so much more <clears throat> crowded if you will with women there's a lot more women there are there're more women going for fewer roles and less men going for more, more roles yeah. um, unfortunately that's just it's just kind of the way it is so for the rest of our listeners usually when you get into regional theater It depends on what kind of, it depends on the level of theater that it is, but there are certain theaters out there that will have a limited number of equity contracts. So they will typically save those for the leads and maybe the second, second leads. So like to use a classic, um, musical theater example, you know, Oklahoma or guys and dolls like those are very, you know, in Oklahoma, you've got Curly and Laurie, <clears throat> you know, as the first leads, and, and Guys and Dolls, you've got um, Sky Masterson and um, Sarah as the as the leads, and the secondary leads would be Adeline and um, Nathan Detroit. So that's four. Like, let's say that those, let's say that the theater has like five, maybe six equity contracts to quote unquote spend on that show. They would likely save them for those actors. In the, the idea being that they're going to get the best talent for the main, the main roles, and then they might fill the rest of the cast with non-equity actors. And it's, it's really, it's a money thing. It really is because, you know, a a theater that, that doesn't have to hire all equity or can hire just a percentage of union actors can save money by doing this, by only having, you know, uh, X amount of equity contracts and then hiring non-union for the rest Of the actors, so so that that's something to consider, which is probably why Sarah mentions the whole idea of having like lead theater credits on her resume, but not professional theater credits. I'm I'm assuming she means like I haven't worked in a Lort theater, League of Regional Theaters theater. Some of the larger regional theaters, thank goodness, actually hire uh, only equity actors. And they have only equity contracts. So you'd have entire cast. It doesn't matter if you have one line or you're the lead, you're on an equity contract. That's a vast majority of the larger regional theaters. And, you know, like I said, thank goodness for those theaters because then everybody's getting paid equally. Um, I've been an understudy before where I was getting paid the same as like the guy who was the lead in, in the play. Um, and that's great because it's like, you know, you're putting in the work, you're at every single rehearsal. You may not go on, but everybody's getting paid the same. There's nobody who's you know getting paid more or less, which is great. Um, oh, she wanted just advice on her plan. Um, Sarah, I would say that because you're being so specific, uh, I think joining equity um, is neither here nor there. It's not going to hurt you, but it's also not going to hinder. It's not going to hinder you, but it's also not. Going to be like a, a, a something that propels you forward in any in any kind of way. Um, <clears throat> I think that uh, my my best advice is just to um, audition as much as you can. That's what it was. She asked about open calls. Um, so I have been to open calls before. Um, usually, what you'll find is that there are open calls for for the rest of our listeners. You'll find that there are open calls for individual tours. Like, say, Wicked, which is the example that I'm about to use, um, or for individual theaters. So if it's a big regional theater, they might have, you know, obviously, if your agent can get you an appointment for a specific role, that's much more supportive than going to an open call just to hope that they see you as one of the roles in their season for instance so <clears throat> uh, ctg the company that we work for does open calls uh i think it's the first monday of every month or something mm-hmm. like that yeah um and so if you're if you're equity you get to go to those auditions and then you can basically you're basically auditioning for the next you know whatever they're casting during that month so mm-hmm. if you see a role in a season or you see a role in a play and you think it hasn't been cast yet and you think you might be good for it it's great to go to those um Auditions. It's also good just to go for experience and to get in front of those casting directors and have them get to know your work. I will say though, one of the best pieces of advice <clears throat> that I got from um, one of my favorite acting professors from UCLA, Joe Olivieri, he said, You really don't want to go if you're not ready. Like you don't want to audition for Ashland Shakespeare Festival, you know, the O Shakes in, in Ashland. If you're not ready, because they will remember you. And then that first impression can never be, you know, so if you are, you know, going to an open call and you're just going just for the experience and you're not really putting any effort into it, you're not really, you know, um, getting the best monologue for you and working on it and running it with a friend or running it with a coach or like really getting your, your, your act together, it's probably not the best idea to go to an open call. Um, or audition for those people a- a- as your first time. Now, <clears throat> with regards to the tour auditions, if it's a large show like Wicked, so I had this experience, this is why I'm bringing it up. So the open calls for Wicked came through Los Angeles one year, and I went, and it's probably the worst one of the worst experiences of my life. There were literally thousands of people there. Of course, because it's wicked. It's a super popular show. Everybody wants to be a part of it, yada, yada, yada. There were thousands of people there. I waited for hours and mm. hours and hours and hours to be seen. I sang my 16 bars. Thank you very much. Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. I was out the door. I mean, it was it was a very bad experience. That being said, as an equity actor, you're, uh, you're in a smaller pond. You're in a smaller pool of actors, so... Uh, if I go to an audition, <clears throat> like one time I ran into my friend Lewis, who is now Equity but wasn't at the time. I, he and I went to the same audition. He waited around for hours. I got seen and he didn't hmm. because I was Equity and he wasn't. It's like a fast pass. <sighs> yeah, <laughs> Disneyland fast yeah. pass. Yes, or
0: flash pass at Six Flags.
1: Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, it's yeah, it's very. Hmm. It, it is. It's you know, it's your union card. Yeah, it's kind of what it yeah. is. So those are the pros and cons hopefully sarah some of that was useful uh i talked a lot um i want i
0: want you to put that in writing dude i feel like we should like you should do a guest post on ben's blog or something about at, that. yeah
1: he's at, i'm going to he's awesome. at, yeah ben is be really useful to, yeah yeah he's asked me to do one specifically on la theater but um maybe i'll do one on just like you you know actors Equity yeah. or the unions or, or what have you um as well thanks for that i appreciate that
0: yeah it's great
1: Anything else you can think? of? I mean, Sarah, you know, if we didn't get to everything, feel free to email us, call us back, whatever. Um, Hopefully, you found that useful, and hopefully, the rest of our uh, listeners found that useful. Yeah,
0: right on, dude. That is that is it, dude. Let's roll into this interview. Rock and roll. So, part two of our chat with Jen Lilly. Great stuff. We'll uh, we'll see you guys on the uh, other side. What have you done financially to keep yourself afloat between gigs, or or has the have the nationals and other jobs sustained you?
3: Um, General Hospital really helped sustain me. I did that for eleven months. Um, I I'm just really good with my money. I just really watch my money. Um, I'm hoping I don't have to go back to. I, I managed an acting school <clears throat> for a year, and which was good because I got my classes for free. Mm-hmm. I always tell people there's ways to do it and be like frugal, you know, it's, you can intern at one of the casting director workplaces and then you either get your workshops are free or you get discounts. So there's a lot of things that you can do to kind of ease all of the expenses actors have and be good at your own taxes. I mean, sag, I'm not really a math person. I mean, I can be, I'm not bad at math. I just don't prefer it by any means, but, um, sag, Teaches this class every year. They offer it right before tax season. And I think they offer it like six times up until tax day, where they go over, they bring an expert in and they go over everything that you can expense and everything that you can't expense. And how to really be smart with your taxes. And I save all my receipts. And every time I have coffee, like I had a lunch with a friend today. Well, she's an actor. And we talked about acting for like half the lunch. So you can literally consider that a business meeting because yeah. it is. Yeah. So I'll write on the top of the receipt, like, you know, lunch with Jackie. And so then I put it in my wallet. And then I have a, you know, a bin at home. And I go through it at the end of the year. And miles, oh my God, all the miles that you drive, it's 50 cents a mile. So I always like, I hate tax season Who doesn't you know like two or three months for tax season i wish i was dead because every night i'm like working on them for like two hours yeah but at the same time there's no reason to hire anybody there's not because it's just you're still gonna have to prepare all the sheets and then all they're doing is plugging in numbers and i use a i don't know what i use but every year i mean this year i got back this year from taxes like eighteen thousand dollars and it was all legit it was all legit but it's just that's how much we spend you know what i mean yeah you got publicist, agent, manager, you know, wow. God, miles and classes and headshots. And it was yeah. so expensive to yeah. be an actor, you know? Yeah. And so I feel like if you can be good with your money. And do
0: you use a, piece of, a certain piece of software, or do you have a certain I, I system I that used, you use? I
3: use either TurboTax and H&R Block. It was one of those that I. always But for use. Tr-
0: for tracking your expenses all year long, do you use something specific like uh, no. Quicken or Mint, or?
3: No, I. Uh, well, I like, I write down like my miles or whatever. I write that now. I write it into my iPhone. I used to have like a hard copy, and then I have mm. it like email to myself. Um, so I have like all the electronic receipts, but then I just print them out and I put them all in this big box. And at the end of the year, I open up an Excel sheet. And I have all the categories, um, that, that SAG told us and I have them like C27, C27 is like all your C schedule. This is such mm-hmm. a boring podcast. We're no, just talking is, about it. This but is like, great. This
0: is gold. But that's, I
3: mean, but that's how you, I keep myself afloat a lot of times because I know like if April's coming, it's like, okay, April's coming this, you know, we're good.
0: Yeah. Just yeah. Take it to April. That is so cool. Is that another thing you kind of picked up from Judy Kerr's book or is this something you no. absorb just through the, um, uh, through the ether there?
3: I don't, I, I, I guess I just, I remember my first year out here, my dad and mom flew in to help me sit down with me and be like, all right, here's how you do your taxes. And, uh, you know, they were going through all my receipts, which I keep anyway, because that's my parents just always taught me to do that. And then, uh, the next year I was like, okay. And then SAG offered that class. And when I found out how much you could expense, I mean, there's a lot of things you can't expense. You can't expense clothes because unless it's something that you can't wear on the street, a lot of people get audited because they expense things that aren't expendable. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, I mean, God, I hope I never, ever get audited because that's just a nightmare. But at the same time, if I do, I'll be like, here is all of my shit. Have fun going through this box. And yeah. here's my Excel sheets and here's all of it. Like, there is not one thing I expense that I couldn't. Yeah. But it's, it's crazy. If you go on a flight, like, uh, when I go home, I try to teach classes whether it's a children's theater or whatever i try to teach a class or do a radio show or whatever because then you can expense that flight yeah i mean there's so yeah. there's so many ways you can be smart about it and be honest
0: yeah yeah and so and actors listening of- to this podcast right now you can expense your donations so That's true. boom yeah um, yeah <laughs> that is so great now what's your which what this is all gold like this is all like oh, the nuts and you. bolts of what it is to run an acting career from somebody who's been running a su- successful business as an actor, see, so funny is, you
3: say that. I just feel you don't like see it that way? <laughs> no, I never feel like that, and so but I think that's like the beauty of it. You know, yeah. Just, yeah. just telling everybody like you never feel like you've made it. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. We like, talked, talked to some. We talked to some big name actors on on this show that that have always been like, dude, like I don't know where the next job's coming from. Like no. I have a mortgage to pay. I have four kids. Yeah. You know, I've got like this house, these dogs, and like I just did a voiceover for a video game, and I don't know what's next. You know, know, and like, oh, thank God, Quentin Tarantino called. You know, it's or like, residual. That's the way it is. Oh my God, yeah, residuals residual are like, like
3: the best thing ever.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs>
3: the best thing ever.
0: Especially you know, especially since SAG and after emerged, my residual yeah. checks have been more frequent and bigger. I don't really, know, I don't know what happened, but uh, but yeah, that was kind of nice, nice surprise. I was okay. like, oh, hello, <laughs> I can buy yeah. something significant with this. Yeah, um, yeah. So with this plan i know i keep coming back to the account the, no, the plan but good. i'm so curious how did you keep yourself accountable to it because um, i'm presuming you were the only person question. who knew what the plan was oh uh, well i, I, I with... told
3: my you know i told my family and um, my boyfriend and my my brother and my, my older brother moved out here like a year after i did to do the writing and acting thing and um His journey has been a a little different than mine, but he's totally one of those people that's going to be the anomaly that gets discovered at a bar and, like, ruins it all for us. But (laughs) um, So they all know my plan, but I also try to meet – it's less frequent now. I just did it this week. I have a friend named Carly who I just love with everything in me, and she was in my first improv class, and we just really – we became best friends. And she and I used to meet once a week, but now we meet – I don't know, every other week whenever we're available and we set goals. So, and then we'll meet back and, and we're really cool about the goals because every once in a while we'll just laugh and be like, I didn't do any of these, you know? Um, So we do like a spiritual, emotional, which is something other than acting, you know, like whether it's, uh I don't know, read a book or write a poem or, you know, just whatever, go see a movie in the theater by yourself or whatever yeah. you want to do that, Or or whether it's just like go to church, you know, whatever your spiritual, emotional thing is, it's going to keep you healthy in that area, like do that. And then we have nutritional, which is always like drink more water, (laughs) eat less sugar, which is always (laughs) mine because I love sugar so much. And, um, and then what do we do? Nutritional fitness. And then we do acting and I'm, I'm a workaholic. So mine are always like, I always only do the acting ones pretty much. (laughs) Book
0: another clean, eastwood film by this time next week.
3: (laughs) God, that would be amazing.
0: Right on. So you have an accountability partner. Yeah. And you guys keep yourselves,
1: you keep each other on task. And
3: just encourage each other, you know? Mm -hmm. Because I think it's always nice to have somebody in your life where you can laugh when you don't do stuff. Right. You're like, I didn't do anything for my career this week. And it's like, it's okay. Neither did I. Like, do it next week. And then you kind of, and then if, you know, if you do it, it's like, okay, good. Now what are you going to do? So I think that, I think everyone should have that. And I think it's hard because I think the longer you're in this business, I think it's unfortunate, but a lot of people don't actually have your back. You know, I feel like there's a lot of backstabbing that goes on the more and higher you get, I've learned. And so it's Hmm. really good to just establish a core group of people that are there with you from like the get go or or if it's not the get go for you, you know, like get a group of friends now that you can just be like, this is my group. Mm -hmm. This is like my L.A. family. That's going to keep me grounded
0: Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Cool. Um, along this journey that you've been on, what are some, like going back, looking back five years now, what are some things that you did that you were like, looking back <laughs> oh, now, you're like, that was stupid, man. Like I, I really wish I had done that differently. Like what are the, what are the pitfalls that um, you could uh, mm. advise maybe newer actors or Gosh. actors on the same path to, to
3: watch out for? Well, you know what? I was, funny. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, uh, I just was going through all my old photos the other day because I'm doing a fan event. And this woman was like, don't throw away any of your old stuff because we might be able to sell them. I was like, God, people want these old photos. And one of them had my resume taped on the back. So I like to save my old resumes and look at them. And one thing I realized from my very <laughs> first resume out here, I had literally put something on my resume as featured, which you should never do. And I was mortified. I was like, oh, I can't believe I put featured on my resume. Like, you should never do that. Like, either it's a co-star or you know, supporting or just don't put Good it star,
0: right. Right. You know? Yeah.
3: So, so there, so was there was stuff like that. I mean, I don't, I don't remember. I know there was some stuff. I remember like once or twice somebody being like, you're very green. And I didn't know what that meant at the yeah, time. You I know? got that
0: a lot too.
3: When I first moved out um, here. And I, I don't remember why that I could pinpoint it, but at the same time, I feel like, I always tell people and I, and I love telling people this because then I can listen back to the podcast and it's almost like I'm telling myself, you know, cause we need self-affirmation as well. You have to know who you are and we market ourselves. You know, we, it's a weird business because we're selling our own self in a sense. And so you have to know who you are and be comfortable with that. Like I said, you can't book every office there. I think there's probably like 30% of the offices in this town just don't get me. They're like, we don't get it. We don't, they we don't, don't, don't no, they're just, no, they're just like, I don't get her style of acting. And then there's like seven, then I'd, let's say, then let's say there's like 50% that are like, Oh my God, we are like in love with her. And then there's 20% that are like, yeah, you know, Take lever, gonna, Whatever. Yeah. Okay. but I, and well, I'm like, that's a good ratio. Yeah. You know, like that's fine. Like people aren't always going to get you. And if you don't th- think that that's true, then think about like all the successful A-list actors, like you're really not a fan of all of them. But they work, and they do have a fan base. You know, you can't like everybody, and um, so I think it's like you have to know who you are, and um, and just not make really make really strong choices, and just not regret it. You know, just go in with like do your audition with a game plan, being like these are the choices I'm going to make. Be available to readjust if they want you to. I, like, love readjustments because even if it's just wrong, just do it because, like, why not? You know, sometimes they tell you to do something different just to see if you can take direction. So Mm -hmm. I always, like, love that and then leave. And, you know, my manager, I always call him and he'll be like, how'd it go? And a lot of times I'll be like, you know what? (laughs) I don't know, dude. Like, I went in and I, I wouldn't have changed what I did, but I don't know if they got it but if they if they don't get it like whatever my opinion not to be rude but like to really just be in and of myself like their loss because i i think like i would have been good in that Mm -hmm. but sometimes that's why you have a director it's like your vision's not the same yeah you know yeah it's like well that's what i would do with that character that's how i see that character so if you don't like i i would love to see like how you thought this character should be but like i don't That's the way I saw this character, and that's just the way it is for me.
0: Yeah, right on, right on.
3: I don't know, but I will tell you, when I went in for General Hospital, (laughs) I went in twice. So I went in, before I booked it, I had a month and a half before I booked the maxi role, I went in for this role called Woman in White. Oh my God, it was the weirdest audition I've ever had in my life, ever. I mean... It was so weird. This, the, the breakdown, the description was like single-spaced, three-fourths of a page description of this character. And, um, you know, I went to UVA. I'm a pretty smart girl, though sometimes I don't sound like it. And I know most of the words that they're using to describe this girl. But they were so contradictory that I literally got out my dictionary and my thesaurus and was like writing on a separate piece of paper because it was like delicate. Strong, you know, like, Delicate, muscular. evil, uh, fragile. fragile, like, yeah, it was, it was so ethereal, but then like,
0: Rough.
3: yeah, like, yeah. vixen, and you're like, very confused, like, <laughs> youthful, yeah. but like, old spirited, and I'm like, I, youthful, oh, youthful, but then like, an old spirit, and so I'm like, this is really complicated, because I huh. feel like none of these things, Yeah, I mean, I understand layers and characters, but at the same time, like, these all are combating each other, and The character, they didn't know whether she had—I mean, literally in the description, it's like, we don't know who this character is. We don't know if she fell from the sky or if she's an angel or if she she just came out of the woods one day. No one knows who she is. She doesn't know who she is, and she draws men to her like a moth to flame, and she doesn't move her body. And I was like, what? Joe. So, yeah. yeah. And so it was like a contract role. And my manager's like, this is a make or break role. And of course, I'm like, don't tell me that. Like, I already know that. You know, like, I'm freaking out. So I went to private coaching, went to Sherry Shaw, who I love. And it was my first time meeting her. And I walk in, she's sitting on her chair. And she goes, she's like, hey, I'm Sherry. And I'm like, hi, I'm Jen. And she's like, what the fuck is this? And I was like, oh, God, I was hoping you could tell me. And she's like, what is this role? And I was like, I'm hiring you to tell me what this role is because I don't know. And she was like, I don't know what this role is either. So we kind of sat down and I was like, look, we have to make a decision. The audition's tomorrow. And I decided that she was a cross between Kate Blanchett's character in Lord of the Rings and the White Witch of Narnia that's who she is to me.
2: Okay. Right. Yeah. It's a
3: very like, here we go. She's like mm-hmm. a, like a fairy warrior. <laughs> like,
2: I don't right even on. know. Yeah. Right.
3: So I like, I'm already pale, but I made sure to like pale out my face. I put in these like long blonde extensions. She was called woman in white. She didn't even have a name. I went to target and I, what I like to do is I call it renting clothes where you keep the tags on and then you return it the next day. So I rented a long white dress. I go in, I sit on my hands the night before. So, cause I like to talk with my hands and, and i I just like lowered my voice in an octave and whatever, whatever, so I go in, and I went in in character, and I left in character, which pretty much you don't recommend doing mm-hmm. in general. just don't just be like if you have to yeah. yeah, exactly, yeah, so I go in, I meet Mark Teshner for the first time. I do the scene, and I like lower my voice. I'm talking to him like this to the point where like he goes up on his lines like three times, and when he really? would when he would, I would just stare at him until he would start talking. And he was shuffling through papers at one point, and I just lifted my eyebrow and just kept staring at him. And then when the audition was done, I went, So nice meeting you, Mark. Goodbye. And Creepy. I get up and I backed out of the room staring at him. Right. And I've never been that bold in an audition, but I kind of was just like, I don't know what else to do with this character. Like, I don't know. So that was one of the auditions where I called my manager. He's like, how'd it go? And I was like, um,
0: I either seriously screwed yeah. it up or I said,
3: he either loved me yeah, or I scared the ever loving bejesus out of him. And I'm never going back into that office, but I did what Sherry said and I did what we decided and like, whatever. Mm. And, Luckily, he did not remember me. He, he loved me. He said he loved it, but he didn't think I was right for it, <laughs> which was awesome because that role was supposed to be a four-year role, and it didn't last six months. So I just feel mm. like you never know why things happen the way they yeah. do. And then a month yeah. and a half later, they called me for Maxi, and I didn't know that it was Maxi until after I'd already booked it. I started the next day. It was supposed to be two weeks. It turned into 11 months. So it's kind of like, I don't know. Like yeah. I just feel like you can't judge yourself. You just have to make choices and be like, whatever if they don't get it if i did my work and i showed up on time and i still gave them something to like think about then i still did my job
0: yeah yeah
3: I don't think like you can get blacklisted unless you show up late, don't show up to work or you're very, very rude.
0: Yeah, exactly. I
3: think making choices doesn't necessarily like close the door. I think it's just, they'll just be like, she was really weird. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like whatever.
0: Eccentric. Yeah, yeah. But they admire the commitment, I think, you know?
3: Yeah. Um, so, they,
0: they, I think when you do that, they take you as an actor who is serious about their work. You know? I mean, you're off book, you're coming in with clearly defined choices and that's, I, yeah. that's the game, you know?
3: I mean, so I guess like if I hadn't booked Maxi, maybe I would have looked back on that and been like, that was uh, one of those moments where I regretted it. But at the same time, you can't because you just don't yeah. know. Yeah. You don't know how things pan out.
0: <laughs> what a cool story, man. That's really cool. It's like so
3: creepy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> was that right around Halloween?
3: <laughs> no, it was in July.
0: Oh, so even worse. <laughs> yeah. It
3: was so weird.
0: So we talked a lot about what it's like to be a working actor for you. Which is very cool, um but um one thing we also like to really emphasize in the podcast is the DIy stuff you know writing, oh. producing, directing your own yeah. stuff, whether it's a web series or it's a short film or it's a you know a j co-host um, is put has put together this feature film that we're shooting right now That's and amazing. Um, it's really cool, but it's it's challenging, but it's also cool to see kind of how easy it is these days. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, where what's your stance on that?
3: Oh, my God. I think it's amazing. I think everybody should do it. I I I wish I was more savvy and I knew how to do it. Um, you know, I'm organized, but I'm not as good at the producing side. I tried that a little bit, but I, I can't stand it. I, I I think I want to direct, you know, and I would love to write, but I never know. I don't know. It's something that I have in the back of my head to do, too. But I think if you can do it, do it, especially web series. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Why not? You know? Yeah. And just get that credit up on IMDb and like have fun. And you can do so much with so little of a budget now.
0: Yeah. I hear there's a lot of talk on the internet about people saying, just do the work and you will find your audience or your audience will find you. But like, don't, don't worry about it. Like if it's a car about, you know, like... I don't know, a guy who wears like tutus and collects micro machine cars. It's like, there are people out there that are waiting for that series, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, and when they find it, they're going to be your biggest fans.
3: Well, and I also think there's style wise, handheld and very real stuff is very trendy right now. Yes. So that's really nice for people that are, yeah, yeah, people that are trying to do their own stuff. It's really encouraging. But I also think, You know, look at Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Like, they're amazing. And Good Will Hunting, they wrote it and directed it themselves. And, you know, they're not from here. They're not from L.A. So I know that's like a super rare story. But at the same time, you have to look at that and be like, it can be done. Yeah. Yeah. Why not try? Absolutely. And what's the worst that can happen? You make it and it's crap and whatever. Then you just laugh it off and don't put it on the internet or don't put it wherever.
0: Yeah. You know, but at yeah. least try. Yeah. Have you heard of the lab?
3: I have heard of the lab, but I'm not really familiar um, with it.
0: I, I haven't actually been there, but I have haven't a good friend who went this past week and they had James Cromwell speak and oh, he gosh. said his, his oh, whole, man. yeah, he's great. I met him at uh, the Taper a while ago when he was doing Waiting for God downtown. It was very cool to be like oh my god he's so tall farmer Hoggett. you know like here you are um yeah and he's monstrously tall uh yeah um but he said in this in this thing at the lab you know like i think she said like quote you are as an actor you're never going to be more than a cog in the wheel Mm. so it's really important to be consistently developing your own projects yeah and you know be moving towards creating a production company or some sort of similar entity where you are churning out Your own content. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was uh, kind of a brutal way to look at it, but also a really valid viewpoint as well. I mean, coming from, first of all, coming from James Cromwell, but second of all, um, yeah, there's no guarantees that, you know, like I I was reading an interview with Kate Blanchett and she said, every, every, every job I I book, I'm convinced it's the last time I'm ever going to work.
3: No, she's and so, so it's amazing. just like she's just so brilliant. Yeah,
0: she's amazing, and of course she's yeah. going to have a wonderful career, you know, for the rest of her life. I predict at least. Yeah. Um. But that kind of insecurity, like the only way I can think of to guarantee career longevity, oh, is to, to be is to have one yeah. foot in the DIY stuff and just be like, I'm going to make the best possible thing I can make mm-hmm. after this gig's done. You know, like until the next one comes along, I am all about this script that I'm writing or that my friends writing or that I'm co yeah. producing, like whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's just something that really stuck out to me. I was like, Yeah,
3: wow. I would love to get into that. I mean, right now, I'm writing a children's story right now, but that's not really like oh, cool. a movie. Oh, cool. But that's kind of what I'm doing right now to kind of keep myself like a, Like it. a children's book? <laughs> yeah, a children's book.
0: Right on. Yeah. Cool. Our last guest, uh, Matt Logan is also writing a children's book. Really? Yeah. It's an interesting yeah. process. Yeah. <laughs>
3: I don't know. But if I, you know, the money I made from that, I was like, that would be a fun nest egg to start doing production stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Well, Jen, it's been so awesome to have you here. We have two questions we'd like to ask our guests okay. before we let them go. Uh, these are a little bit meta. A little Meta? I said that weird. These are a little bit meta um, uh, and artsy and woo-woo, but, but bear with me. Okay. Um, the first one is... Actually, they're not, they're not too bad. The first one is, um, if you had to choose between this career choosing you mm-hmm. or you choosing this career, if you had to say that one or the other happened... Which one would you say?
3: The career chose me. The career chose you. For sure.
0: Right on. Just walking along that poster just screamed out to you.
3: Yeah. And then working on it and just being like, wait. Yeah. Hmm. I feel like this is really what I'm supposed to be doing. Cool. Yeah. I mean, if, yeah, because actors, we make a big difference in people's lives and people always act, people that are not in the acting community don't think that we do. We do. Like, think about how many times like a movie's like touched you in your living room and on like a, and on like a level that you, you don't want to talk about with other people, you know, it's It's very intimate therapy for people. And then if you watched Argo, I was having like emotional issues in that video because I was like, I wish I was watching this alone because I really want to break down because it's like, how many times have you heard like acting doesn't save people's lives and you're like, yeah, well it did in the seventies and <laughs> saves seven people's lives. So don't talk to me about acting. Uh,
0: I can't wait to see that movie. It's so good. Yeah.
3: So yeah, acting chose me.
0: Okay. <laughs> right on. Uh, and the second question is if you had to take all your experience um, from beginning to end present mm-hmm. um and kind of distill it down to one nugget that you could offer to an actor what would that one piece of advice be that one nugget of wisdom that you can impart
3: endure
0: endure 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 right. endure
3: that's the game yeah just endure <laughs>
0: persist yeah and if they were like okay cool i'm gonna endure what does that look like what would that what would you say
3: picking yourself up after you have a breakdown and just being like I'm not going to just pick myself up and, like, wipe my tears away. I'm going to set a game plan. Like, be a realist, be a doer, and be an opportunist, you know? Like, write down some goals and do it. Like, I mean, I work on something every day, whether it's – uh, well, I do a lot of things every day. But it's, like, updating my website, updating Actors Access, getting new headshots, getting – like, if something's not working, figure it out. Mm. Make it work. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah.
0: This has been so inspiring to Thank just hear you. how you've come at your career. Like, this is the way it's going to work. I've got a plan. I'm going to readjust as I go along.
1: Thanks.
3: I'm
0: going to follow up. I'm going to be pro. Like, that's so cool. Cause I think, you know, a lot of actors, myself included, came out here and they were just like, somebody call me, somebody do yeah. me, you know, yeah, like yeah. I'm here, do something to me, you know, yeah, when yeah. It's, that's not how it works at all. So it's really refreshing to hear somebody that was just like, nope, this is how it works and this is how I've done it. Yeah. So thank you so much for coming out. Thank you out. for having me. Yeah, spend your time here. If people want to find out more about you or get in touch with you, where can they go?
3: Um, www dot lily l i l l e y dot com.
0: Cool, Not and give it a Twitter, Facebook.
3: Yeah, and- it's underscore it's Jen J E N underscore Lily l i l l e y is my Twitter, and then everything else is like on my website. I mean, you've. Probably find my home address on my website, not really, but I mean, it's like everything you would possibly need to know is on my website. <laughs>
0: cool. Right on, Right yeah. on, and we'll have links to all that on our website awesome. as well. So Jen, thank you again. This has been great.
3: Thank
1: you. All right, guys, welcome back. Hopefully you enjoyed uh, the uh, denouement.
0: Of, uh, <laughs> wow you actually saying. used that word in a sentence it was great man <laughs> you... i've never heard that used like outside of like describing a liter a piece of literature or something
1: oh well thank you so, well, yes. well, done. well hopefully yes. enjoyed the denouement to uh generally's interview <laughs> um once again just great stuff nuts and bolts stuff i love that she brought up the whole taxes thing and like how she budgets her life like
0: she and she mentioned in the interview that she does like occasionally she does these like career coaching sessions like small group for presentations or something like that which which I think it'd be great to go to at some point yeah um i'm i guess uh maybe she has a mailing list or something i didn't ask her but maybe there's a way we can Find out when her next one is, and, and just give it a quick shout on that. Well,
1: if we do, we will absolutely show. yeah give it a shout out on the show for sure.
0: So, what is your pick of the week? So prayer.
1: My pick of the week is a, is a little uh, off beat, off off the beaten track, uh, so to speak. It's been a um uh it's been a while since I've done a website, I think, um, but it's called <laughs> badslava.com. B-A-D-S-L-A-V-A? Yes. Badslava.com. It was made by a guy named Slava who's Russian. Sounds like a
0: Mediterranean food dish or something. (laughs) Yeah. uh,
1: (laughs) Like, uh, anyway. uh, Anyway. (laughs) It's it's interesting. It's really... It's like a Craigslist for open mic nights. Awesome. Uh, There's some other information on the website as well, but basically... If you're an, uh, uh, an actor who is like thinking about getting into stand-up comedy or you're a musician who just wants to like find a, a, a place to, you know, try out some new material or whatever it is, uh, or you you do slam poetry or beat poetry or you just want to read some poetry, um, there's different sections to the website. So there's a comedy section, a music section, a poetry section. Um, <clears throat> and then they have like every major city in the world. It's not just the United States. It's another thing I love about this pick of the week because I know we have listeners from all over the world. Yeah, I was going to ask. So there's like is. there's like France, India, Canada, China, Philippines, Korea, South Korea, awesome. the UK, like, and then you know California, <laughs> Colorado, <laughs> Connecticut, um, all of the um, uh, all the uh, the states, the fifty. Uh, well, I don't know if all fifty states are here, but anyway. You basically pick on a uh, pick on ha. Huh, listen to me. Click on a city, um, and then it has a, a calendar with every open mic night and all of the important information you need to know about that open mic night. Like when is it? Where is this venue? How do you become part of that open mic? How do you like sign up? Is there somebody you need to email? Uh-huh. What the name of that person is that you need to email? It's crazy. So, I <clears throat> I've been thinking about. Putting together a stand-up set, just for funsies. It's always something that I thought might be an interesting thing to do. You'd be great do. at that, yeah. Oh, thanks, buddy. Uh, it's always something that I, I, I thought would be fun, and like I know literally nothing about it. Um, I, don't, uh, I don't consider myself particularly funny, but I think it would be an interesting stretch. So um, I was actually talking to uh, a new friend of mine uh, named Dan goes by uh, mr j is his comedy name and he told me about this website so i was like this is perfect this is such a great pick of the week because it applies to and i know you know we don't just have actors listening to this podcast we have musicians and writers, writers and, and all yeah, kinds of people that, yeah. that might find this useful and it's worldwide so check it out badslava.com
0: talk about um mm. a great a talk about a, a great date night like, wouldn't that be cool if you found a really kind of great open mic thing that, like, consistently had, like, some amazing people trying out stuff or doing stuff? I mean, that's a great just thing to do with your night. Yeah. Um, just to just be in the audience. And B, um, what a great place to build relationships, to meet new people. I don't, I don't, I mean, I'm consciously avoiding using the word networking, but mm, for those yeah. of us that think that way, what a great place to, to do that. You know yeah. I mean? You're going to meet people that are out there. Out of their houses, out from in front of their computers, doing what they want to do.
1: Yeah, putting it, putting themselves out there. Yeah. I thought this would be immensely supportive to musicians.
0: Oh, yeah. No. Yeah, totally. <clears throat> How cool, man. That's great. What an awesome pick. Bad Slava. Is that that guy's name? Bad Slava? No, his
1: name is Slava. Oh, uh, so. And uh, he thinks himself bad.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. He thinks, you're welcome
0: everyone he thinks himself bad he thinks himself bad uh, mr wow. slava cool cool
1: uh, um, so, your pick of the week so my friend
0: mine is uh is uh more like in in the vein of what you usually pick actually it's an it's an app um and i came ac- i don't even know how i came across it but it's an app called pocket i think it was formerly called read it later or something along those lines um, but it's a really slick app. They've got an iOS app, an Android app. I think they have a Windows phone app. They've got a Kindle Fire app, I believe, as well. And there's a, a Mac on the App Store as well. I'm sorry, an app on the Mac Store as well. Am I saying that right? Mac app-, app Store. An Thank app on you. the Mac App
1: Store, if you want to be totally you. anal about it. But <laughs> no, it, that's great. It just sounds so stupid. <laughs> yeah,
0: but it's, it's cool. I mean, it, really what it does is it just plays into that whole, um, you know, GTD philosophy. David Allen's getting things done of just like... The more you can offload from your brain into a system that you trust, the more present you can be. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm putting it on somebody else. So let me rephrase that. The more that I can offload uh, a, a, you know stuff in my head that I want to do or things I want to get back to or read the more present I can be. So uh, we've talked about Evernote on the podcast being a great tool for that. Uh, and pocket looks like it's the same kind of thing, but it's a little bit less to do listy and more like, let me stow the things I want to come back to and read or dig into further another time in this app. And it syncs across all your devices. It, It looks really slick and it's, it's free. So, um, I was pretty stoked when I found out about it. So, yeah, Pocket. And I think the website is just getpocket.com. Yeah, I just did
1: search for it in the Mac App Store. <laughs> yeah. When you find something on the web that you want to view later, put it in Pocket. It automatically syncs across your phone, across to your phone, tablet, and computer, so you can view it any time. You're even the voice of the connection. mountain
0: lion video. Oh, my God. <laughs> and this is really four cool. other videos on the Apple website. This
1: is really, really cool. Yeah, it looks,
0: like, it looks like a really sl- I actually have not downloaded the iOS app yet. I've downloaded the... Uh, the app for my app, my Mac, my laptop, but not the, uh, the iOS app, but I'm, I'm stoked because I have so many, I have an email folder in my email for read later. And it's I got do so too, much yeah. crap in I it <laughs> that I just never went back to. So, so I'm looking forward to having like a really sleek place to just put it on my huh. phone and, there's a lot of cool features that i'm not i'm not mentioning here but um worth checking out well it's free so why the hell yeah. not uh we do not have a listener pick of the week because um no listeners wrote in with a pick of the week so
1: <laughs> that um you know
0: that's that's your fault guys we uh, so, wait uh, we don't have any like uh from no way back we don't no we wow. used them all we used them all up so um, we done used them all up. So if you guys have something you've come across that's a great tool or a great site or a great source of information or inspiration or just something fun, um, you know, shoot it our way and we'll, we'll uh, tell the world about it via the, the podcast. Um, and of course, you can post it on the Facebook group and just put a little note that says, by the way, guys, this is my listener pick of the week. And we get that, you know, we'll pick it up from there. You don't have to email us directly. But um, let us know um, if you think it'd be useful for actors and we'll we'll just kind of projected out into the uh the world mm-hmm. via uh this podcast yes because <clears throat> we've established how influential we are <laughs> <laughs> right uh so i think that's uh, that's all we've got time for in fact i know it is so anything else any final thoughts before no, we wrap man, this bad boy I'm up good all right life is good cool so this is the part of the show where we uh, talk about all the different ways that you can get in touch with and support the podcast. So for starters, our website, InsideActingPodcast.com, where you'll see all our episodes organized by tag and month and category and all sorts of other things that I went, I tried to index them. You know, I think I think I did a decent job, but um, you can go on there and find everything there and you can also email us or call us and both uh, both the links to do both of those are there. But uh, email insideactingpodcast at gmail.com. And our voicemail line is 2132actors. That's two one three two 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 eight six seven seven
1: And you can, of course, find us on every social media outlet there is. Well, I can't say that really because we don't have a Pinterest. Um, <laughs> but uh, Twitter.com slash Inside Acting, Facebook.com slash Inside Acting. We've also got our individual accounts there. Um, like our actor pages. Do you have an actor page on I do, Facebook? Yeah.
0: I, I have neglected it a little bit, um, but I'm going <clears> to, <throat> I'm making a concerted effort to start my email list up again. Cause I wanted to do like an email, like a monthly thing. Yeah. Yeah. As I well as my, that. my Facebook page. Cause I, strangely enough, people that I never talk to contact me through that page and just, that's how we keep each other updated. Huh? It's, it's weird.
1: Well, social media yeah. is weird. Yeah, um, it is it's so unpredictable. You can, you can also find us on actor rated. And of course, um, iTunes, just do yeah. a search for Inside Acting. You can rate us in both places. Um, if you're not going to give us five stars, let us know why before you click two stars.
0: That'd be great if you could. <laughs> We're not going to try and control the situation, but um, you know we work really hard to make this awesome. So if you don't think it's awesome and you want to go hate on us that's your right but uh we'd love the feedback first yes. just so we can we can have an opportunity to correct the lack of awesomeness <laughs> and then if you still think we suck then go for it you know or go for it anyway i don't care i do actually but you know whatever so um so there's that uh, that was awesome <laughs> why do i talk sometimes i don't <laughs> know Um, and, uh, and you can also, um, you can also support the podcast financially. So all those other different ways to interact with and get in touch with and promote us, um, are, are awesome. We love them. But if you really want to get down to it, um, what keeps this podcast going is, is just dollars and change. So, uh, two different ways that you can donate to the podcast and contribute to us in that very, very important, tangible, crucial way. You can go to our website uh, on the right-hand side, click on the, the donate button, and you can donate to us in a lump sum, a one-time lump sum of any amount that you choose, uh, or a recurring subscription uh, of 3 five, ten, 10 or $20 a month. And that gives you patron status, which will uh, get you a little spot on our patron page, as well as first dibs access to some of the cool stuff that we have in the works. And we really do have cool stuff in the works. It's just we're, we're, we're only a, a two-man team here, so it takes a little while sometimes. With two, man,
1: two, two man and one woman.
0: Yeah, two man and one woman. Yes. <laughs> so we have a lot of cool stuff, but um, we want to <coughs> make sure it's perfect. Perfe- perfectionism is a, is a fatal disease, as I've learned. So uh, yes. we want to make sure it's very good, and um, so it just takes time. But there is some really exciting stuff where, where we think is going to add a lot of value to uh, your experience as a listener of the podcast wonderful and i'm all talked out man that's all i got it's great stop apologizing all right uh <laughs> i wasn't i was just stating that i'm done uh. like really done <laughs> really done he's trevor's gonna take a nap <laughs> uh i wish i could yeah <laughs> Good night, uh, my friend so that does it episode 89 um woohoo shit i'm trevor Algod. i'm aj
1: meyer we'll see you next week and in the meantime what experience are you creating